Being disabled or having a chronic illness can feel like you're moving forward in reverse. I'm your host, Scott Martin. Join me and my new friends from this underrepresented community as we talk about disrupting the status quo and creating change within the world and within ourselves. Hey, life's a road trip. Hop in. Let's turn on some tunes and go. With me in the passenger seat and managing the radio for this road trip is Deborah Rue. When told by experts that her daughter, Sarah, who was born with Down syndrome, would be lucky to push shopping carts at the local grocery store. I always love that stuff. Uh, Deborah refused to accept this. Deborah's unshakable faith in the power of human potential and her love for her daughter led her to create Rue Global Communications in 2013, which changed over to Rue Global Impact and has been seen uh, such success working with multinational corporations, the UN, and foreign uh, government agencies. Oh, there's another group that she started, but we'll get into that in a, a while later, and and it doesn't surprise me. So we'll just start talking from here. Hi, Deborah. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Scott. Thank you for having me today. Uh, I, I just really, really am honored to be here. Thank you. I, I think that uh, when I find guests, I take a quick peek into them and see if I want to start turning more pages. And you're a simple one to start turning pages on. I think I probably, if this was a book, I read it in the first night, you know, one of those sort of things. But um, I want to get into talking about your early days, not necessarily why we started, because we know you started it for, for Sarah. But also, let, let's get into, in 2013, you were trying to do what with Rue Global, with turn into Rue Global Impact? What were you trying to accomplish? Well, what I what I had done, I had been in the banking industry for many years. And and then, you know, and I'd had my daughter and I started at the bank I was working for, they were actually talking about hiring people with disabilities. And I was like, oh, what a great idea. Because I was impacted. And so I started getting interested in the subject and I decided to create a technology company. So I created a technology company called Tech Access. And 90% of the team were people, very talented people with disabilities from all over the world. And I ran that until about two, well, I ran that until 2011 during when the financial crisis was happening. And then I merged it with another group. And I stayed with that group for about 18 months. wasn't really what spoke to my heart. It was nothing about the other group, but I feel like you said, my soul has been told to do something. And so I can't just sit still and not do it. And so, but one thing I had noticed when I was working with the gigantic brand, Scott, was that they were actually being treated almost like nonprofits inside their these big organizations because they were given a little bit of funding. Maybe they had half of a person working on this, but Mm. they had to beg for everything. And I thought, you know, I think that what we need to do is we need to talk about inclusion branding. Why should you as a big corporation be doing this? And why do we care about it from society's perspective if you're doing it? And so I wrote a book, I've written three books, but my last book was inclusion branding where I talk to corporations saying, you know, what do you want us to believe about you as a brand? Do you want us to work for you? Do you want us to buy from you? Do you want us to invest with you? Do you want to be us to be vendors? 
because we are billion strong people. And so um, I decided to focus more on like the communications marketing aspect of the problem. And that's how Rue Global Communications, now Rue Global Impact, was born. So you've worked with Cisco, Google, Honeywell, ING, Lilly, Verizon, I can go on and on. And you're telling me that, so in 2013, I remember in 2013, I was still in a depressed state. Okay. I I still, I had five kids who were all going to school at the time. I wasn't yet back to being myself. Now I finally am 30 years later, but I remember in 2013, not seeing much or not hearing much and just the disabled community. I don't think I even heard of the term disabled community. I think it was still handicapped. So is there a pivot point that you think that you've been, uh, you've seen or witnessed, Deborah, that when things changed? There is. And and it has taken a lot of people all around the world. And I, I believe that we're both standing on the backs of giants too, because if people had not gotten out of their wheelchairs, looking at it from a U.S. perspective and dragged themselves, crawled up the Capitol steps, right? Okay. You wouldn't have the Americans with Disabilities Act, which was born in 1990. My daughter was born in 1980, um, 80s. I know this, 1987. (laughs) I know this. I'm in 1987. So a few years before the Americans with Disabilities Act, just looking at it from a second from the U.S. lens. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know that all these people were fighting for my daughter. I, I, I didn't know. Right. So anyway, but what I did notice was that I was treated differently because I had a beautiful baby girl that happened to have Down syndrome. Okay. People were pitying me. And, and I thought I didn't like that. I did not like that because I think my daughter is not broken. I really think that mm-hmm. she looks at the world a different way, but she adds value in her own way to the world. So I just, as I looked around at what was happening, I realized that I had to I felt um, that I needed to help these corporations be better heard. Now, people would say, oh, that's ridiculous. The corporations. No, I felt like I needed to step in and really help these corporations understand we have already been included in your workforce. You just don't know it. You're not accommodating us. And yes, there's large groups of people with disabilities that are not being included because of some ridiculous things that society created. But I just thought... I just felt so led to help. And so I did. I created the Rue Global Impact. And what we have been doing is we focus on supporting brands to be fully accessible, supporting brands to make sure they're including us as employees and promoting us and understanding how big our community is and what can you do to support our entire community, which means also people with experience with lived experiences, right? Maybe, well, at the time, Scott, when I was due it, when my daughter was born with Down syndrome, I did not think I knew any other person with a disability but my daughter. That's what I thought. I did not realize at the time, I myself am part of the community and my husband, who has um, passed um, a couple of years ago due to his disability, which I didn't know he had a disability either because what happened when he was a child, he was hit by a car and he sustained a major traumatic brain brain injury, but he went on and he got married and had two children. And unfortunately though, um, dementia came for him early. Okay. So sorry, it's still hard. No, to no, talk. no, no. 
That's but also, I myself am a, a person that's neurodiverse. So I know that I always seem to be a little bit more hyper than everybody else. I wish I could drink coffee, but everybody votes no to never having coffee. <laughs> but, I like that. Hey, right. what, when we're talking now, and you're talking about, uh, I'm looking at Cisco, Google, and all these, it makes me think <laughs> of advertising. Um, I don't know if it's since I started doing this show back in January. Or if it's actually happening, you know, like when you're looking to buy a certain type of car, all of a sudden you start seeing those. Okay. I don't know which one it is, but it seems to me that even recently I saw a commercial with someone happy go lucky, probably doing some banking and skipping down the street, but they went past a store where a guy came out in a wheelchair. It was only that, but I noticed it. And I'm wondering if it is starting to happen it is or it is where where it it's is. we're including the this stuff yeah. and who the heck Yay! else is yes i mean <laughs> i'm just calling my my wife and it's sue come on there was just a commercial with another one because we're starting to notice this yes i know i'm so glad you started that's what we've been all fighting for and not just me that's what we've been fighting for we've been saying we want to be seen we are part of society stop acting like People don't use wheelchairs in society, that people aren't born with an extra chromosome, that people are biological entities. We mm. are going to experience disabilities in our lives if we live long enough. And that is not a threat. That is not. I'm a woman over a certain age um, now. And the reason why I don't even say the age anymore is because I still have so much to offer the world. I don't want you to decide I'm not worthy of including because mm -hmm. I'm over a certain age or mm -hmm. because I'm neurodiverse or whatever ridiculous reasons society chooses to not include people. And so the, the really, really fascinating thing about what is happening of many, many years of people working towards this is we are starting to be included, especially, especially in the Western world, right? So mm. we're seeing us, we're seeing beautiful commercials where we're just including people because, you know, they're part of society, but yeah. we're doing it in real meaningful ways. Um, and I do a presentation, Scott, where I actually talk about a lot of the brands and show the commercials that they've created. Oh, that's great. Oh, Scott, there's some wonderful commercials. There's some wonderful commercials. Some of them are funny. Some of them are inappropriate almost, but funny. Like the, the girl in the UK that's talking about a certain kind of candy. And then she makes this comment that could be taken different ways. And I thought it was brilliant. Because you know what? People with disabilities are also sexual beings, by the way, because, you know, we're yes. biological. Right. So, and also we're seeing it with our movies and we're seeing it in ways, yep. but it's still pretty much a Western. It's pretty much still a Western thing that's happening. But mm -hmm. the good news is that is how society changes their minds. The way we watch movies and we, we consume data, videos, vlogs, this is how society starts changing their minds. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, a person in a wheelchair can still, you know, whatever, sometimes still walk. They still, I, I, there's, it's ridiculous what we've, we've thought about people with society. I've had people say, I'd rather be dead than be blind. What? What does that, what? And, and not only say that to me, but say it to their coworkers that are blind. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? 
Just, uh, let's shift gears a little bit because you've got me thinking about something else. So um, I'm bilateral uh, hand amputee and partial feet. And, and I was coaching soccer at the college level and all this happened. I da 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 and still had national ranked teams and stuff. And I got into depression, five kids adopted from different countries come back. And I, I wrote a book because the main thing was came back with a bunch of 12 year olds that were like uh, bad news bears. And we ended up going <laughs> undefeated for a state championship. So, so I wrote a book and I've, I've gone through two different agents that uh, kept going out and having a door slammed on them okay. talking about uh, the disability aspect and also needing a platform, which is what led me to do this show. But now I love the show, but I'm still, I'm at back at the point where I'm querying agents and there's so many times. And last time I queried was three years ago. Okay. So in three years, there are so many agents that are using terms like want to represent or looking to represent people, you know, LGBTQ and right. people with disabilities and things. Right. So I'm Something's thinking happened. something is happening. Something's happening. And it's yeah. so exciting. I know. It's so exciting. It is happening. It is. And I'm not saying we don't have a ton of work more to do. Hell no. But something is shifting. And one little thing that I've always tried to do is humanize this topic. Because I just, it's so stupid what we do. (laughs) The number. No, no. Let me tell you who Scott is. Let me tell you who Amit is. Let me tell you who my daughter is. When you're telling me she won't do this, she won't do that, she won't do this. Well, that's ridiculous. She, there are a lot of things my daughter can't do. There are. Mm-hmm. She should not and does not drive a car. I think there's quite a few people that should be driving cars. But that's <laughs> why we're getting driverless cars because human beings sometimes get preoccupied instead of you know uh-huh. driving these gigantic machines. So I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, Scott, and I feel like something's happening. I do, and I've been doing this work. I, I can tell you all the obstacles, how much money I personally have spent, how much salary I have foregone. I can tell you stories that just would make entrepreneurs terrified to move into this space. But at the same time, what could be more important than trying to influence society to be better? Uh, Because by God, it's time for us to be a little bit better. Don't you think? Let's stop this. It's interesting too that when I was 10 years old in 1968, yes, I'm 65. Um, Congratulations. I went through and I was very, I learned a lot about life in 1968, not just from uh, the riots and the protests that were going on, because, but Bobby Kennedy was killed and Martin Luther King Jr. was killed. Right. And it had a huge impact on me. And I've always had this rah-rah spirit in me to just fight against the wrongs of society. Right. And it's just weird how life is taking me. I got into education as a teacher. That's not totally it. There's something I'm learning about I'm still supposed to be doing. I agree. That's just really crazy. Uh, let's and talk I about think, yeah, go. I think enough of us see it. And by the way, our times are ta- really ridiculously hard and intense. I lost my beautiful husband during the pandemic. Um I lost two brothers during the pandemic. Not all one to COVID, the other COVID related, but I have a little small family of five. We there were five of us. Three of us lost our husbands. They, these wow. are intense times. Yeah. These are intense times. Yeah. And but at the same time, it just makes me more determined, Scott, right? So yeah. you walk a really, really ridiculously difficult path. 
right? Mm. But what did your soul learn as you walked it? That's what did your point. soul learn and what do you have to contribute because of that journey? Yeah. Yeah. You'd mentioned before about uh, life experiences. God, shit. I have, to t- I have to touch on this real quick, though. Uh, since I've returned uh, back to central Wisconsin, there have been eight teaching positions that have been available here that okay. I have applied to. I have okay. one stinking interview. Wow. And so, since then. I'm confused. So you're saying we need teachers. But yeah. Qualified. But yes. Yeah. Just- and I, I, I had it with the people in HR and I was sitting on the sofa with Sue, my wife and said, I have to write something. So I responded because I got the old, you know, sorry, we're going a different direction. I -hmm. responded with, I certainly hope that has nothing to do with my disability or my age, but I can't help but think that. And I was really leaning towards contacting an attorney and and suing the school district because I know of none. I know openly disabled people. Right. And you know how much your skills would add to those conversations. Yes. I mean, I'm part of these kids. Isn't that what we want to do for the better? I, I, I'm, so we're, we're at, uh, in an hour and a half, I'm going to go back to the school and I'm going to be substitute teaching. And these kids all know me because I always talk frankly. And I coach, uh, state level soccer here and everybody knows me. The staff know, you know, I'm not trying to want people to cry for me or anything, but this is something that has to change. And I mentioned what you said. What about life experiences? How important is that for our kids, especially now? Especially now. To hear about that because that's our responsibilities. I believe. As would, we get older. They say, would they say? Who are the kids? No, whenever you sent this response. Oh, they never responded. Of course not. Okay. No. And I, now I, yeah. I know I've burned my bridge. I don't care. Oh, because whatever. I, I'm tired it's just of ridiculous. I'm burning bridges right now. I'm burning yeah. and blowing up bridges because too many people can't get across the bridges. So yeah. let's just blow them up and let's go the other way. That's aren't you just sick of sorry. No, I'm just I am. tired of it, Scott. I'm tired of it. And you know what? I'm the same age you are. And it's like, I was also born the same year you were. And the only reason why I talked about it a lot when I first turned 60. And then I saw people trying to discount me. I was like, oh, what? Really? Oh, really? Okay. All right. All right. Um, And I have purple hair. I have gray, white, and purple hair because, you know, I like purple. And also, don't tell me who I get to be at this age. Don't tell me I'm even old. I did a little thing in my mind. All right, when you're 60, can you say you're middle-aged anymore, Deborah? How many people do you know that's 120? And I was like, I don't know anybody that's 120. That doesn't mean that there are people that are 120. <laughs> I don't, I, and it's not that I want to, I don't want to be 20. I don't want to be 30, 40, 50. I don't. I'm okay with being who I am, mm-hmm. but I don't think society needs to discount me and all the others of us as well, because that's yeah. another huge thing. As we age at the age, according to AARP, at the age of 65, 46% of us are disabled. Holy now, crap. what? Right. And so what does that mean? Oh, geez, those all. No, it no. means that we have a lot to contribute because exactly. we're does what it does to you and it just shakes you and you still survive it and you come out and you're still obnoxiously optimistic by goodness please will you go and work with our kids please yeah. give them I, some optimism and, and you know some- the kids respond to it too though oh, when i, I tell when i talk to kids about you know what sometime you're going to be of age that it's you're going to be your responsibility 
to pass on life experiences. And they look, yeah, I mean, right. they get it's it. Hard. They're more mature than the adults. Let's get into talking. God, you're really stirring me up. This is great, though. Nice I need to, to do this. Before yeah. we get to talk about what I do want to talk about, I just yeah. want to stop for a second and talk to you about elderhood. I did okay. a show on, I also have a couple of shows, and Scott, you're going to bless me to be in on those. But Boom. I, um, I did a show about elderhood with Stephen Jenkins. Jenkins, okay. um, amazing, amazing, talented man who does talk about elders and and the responsibility that we have as elders as well. Yes, because you don't like the way the world works. You don't like it. You better step up and start helping. I'm mm -hmm. talking now to our generation, Scott. Right? You mm -hmm. don't like it? You can do what you want. You can whine. You can watch the politics, or you can actually get in here and start helping. Because yeah. you know there is a lot of values elders bring is in a lot of ways, but especially with our children. And what used to happen before was that we really we appreciated our elders, and we had the elders working with children, so that the younger adults could actually go and do the you know, make the money. They, we had multicultures. We were taking care of each other. We weren't saying, oh, you're old now. I'm just going to throw you into a nursing home. And, you know, was everybody told me to do with my husband. No, I still was in the position I could help him at home. And I also at that time, you did not want to put anyone in nursing care when during COVID. So, but I just think we also, as a society, need to rethink elderhood. And luckily the UN agrees with me and they're creating, they've created a new agency called the Global Initiative on Aging. And they're really focusing on it because the people age 65 and older, we've never seen these numbers before ever. And once yeah. again, our baby boomer generation is going to change everything. And hopefully for the better, hopefully. we're going to do it for the better. Hopefully. 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 Well, let's get into something that you're doing called Billion Strong. And I just love the name. I want, I want to read, because I, I signed up for your newsletter, and I want to read something that you wrote. Uh, get ready to embark on, a, on an extraordinary journey as we dive deep into the heart of disability identity, unlocking its incredible potential to reshape our world for the better. That is really great right there. That wasn't even the first thing I found about you, Deborah. I mean, that's since then. And it just, oh, wow, she's really out there and she has all this stuff she gives a shit um so <laughs> really? let's let's talk about and you just roll off and i i'm ready to open up the the uh, uh website for billion strong and i i got a lot out of it but tell us about how the heck that started Did, was it on uh, uh a barroom napkin that things started how did this happen well how it happened was me helping Okay, so how it happened was uh, Dr. Caroline Casey came to me. Um, I fell in love with this woman. I think she's just such a star. She also happens to be a woman that is blind. And um, there's so many other things I could tell you about her before that, but she wanted to create the Valuable 500. She had this crazy idea that she was <laughs> going to bring 500 major corporations together at the CEO level with the World Economic Forum to get these corporations to commit to more meaningfully including our community. Okay. So when I heard about it, I was like, I'm in, what can I do? How can I help? And cool. so, and I was worried at the time when they were forming because the US companies were not being receptive. And we actually sadly had a group in the United States um, discouraging 
them from joining this global group because you don't need to talk to them. We got it here. So I think they were afraid they might lose some money. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I saw it happening and I was very concerned because I am proud to be an American. I am proud okay. to be an American and I wanted the U.S. corporations involved in this. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with them, never got paid, didn't need to get paid. I worked with them to help them and others did as well. We brought 500 major corporations to the table. The CEOs committed. Check it out, thevaluable500.com and look at who the brands are because wow. as a community, we need to know which brands are trying to help us. Yes. Saying. We need to know, right? So the ones that are included us in their commercials, the ones that are employing us, the ones that are promoting us, the one blah, blah, blah. We mm -hmm. need to know who they were. And as a community, I think we need, you know, to know who they are. All right. Mm -hmm. But then I, so that was wonderful. For, so about, it's been, I think, two years now that they've gotten together. They've met at the World Economic Forum, which is a big deal. I think three years in a row, which is amazing. I've never been to Davos to that. And that's also okay. But um, I then I started thinking about it and thinking about it. And I thought, you know, they're not going to be successful. They're not going to be successful if we do not become discoverable. If they can't find where Scott is, because right now mm -hmm. they actually want you, Scott. They do. They deliberately, these brands are looking for the talented people with disabilities. They don't necessarily want, you know, we, we are bad in the disability community and that we often say it's the right thing to do, which sounds like go ahead and hire us whether or not we're qualified to do your jobs. We're not saying that anymore. Mm -hmm. Some people still are. Stop. We want to bring you the talented, qualified people with disabilities to do your jobs, but you have to stop not including us when we are qualified to be teachers. We are, yeah, and then I'll get all mad about what happened with you, Scott. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. So I thought, oh no, they're not going to be successful if we cannot come together in some way and be discoverable because 70 to 80% of the community of people with disabilities have hidden disabilities. I, Scott, had to tell you that I have a disability. Scott, I'm looking at you on the screen. I've never been, met you yet in person. But when I look at you, I'm sorry, you look like a person that doesn't have a disability. You just don't True. look like you have a disability. And so you would have to tell me in this social situation, and I'd be like, oh, cool. That makes you an even more cool person because I know you must have walk some really interesting paths, you yes. know, plus five children from different, con okay, I'm even more intrigued by who you are as an individual. But so I felt we must become discoverable. So I had this crazy idea that we would create this organization to bring together the billion people with disabilities around the world together with pride and identity. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we came up with a whole bunch of different names and I must say my, I have this amazing team, but I actually came up with billion strong. <laughs> now billion strong is available, the URL, but they wanted $4,000 and I don't have that kind of money. Oh, waste. So we are billion dash strong. Dot okay. org, billion okay. hyphen strong dot org because I won't go waste money. And there's too much money is wasted. Do you know, trillions of dollars are spent Scott on inclusion efforts all over the world to include people with disabilities over a trillion dollar. You would not believe the money we spend in the United States on this. And yet we are not really being included meaningfully. And that's not because people hadn't tried. People have tried. We're working on it. But the amount of money that's already being spent 
is quite troubling to me. And so I thought, all right, so let's create billion-strong.org. What I don't want to do is start competing and duplicating other efforts. Instead, Mm -hmm. I really do want it to be an identity organization where we can come together with pride and talk about who we are and what we're doing. And at first I tried putting it out there. I'm well known. I have a lot of followers and just telling people to join me and everybody's like, love it. Okay. Okay. But they wouldn't give me their email, Scott. And I think it's because- Well, I think honestly, it's because people are email fatigued. I know I am. Okay. And when people ask me for my email, I don't want to give you my email. Even though I want to be part of your group, I don't want any more emails coming in that I can't already control. I, I, I just am in personally in email hell. But, but I also think the younger generations, they're not really interested in connecting by email. That's old technology, Deborah. So... Um, <laughs> So uh, what I realized recently as we've been fighting for this, but as I've been doing it, Scott, I did it with no funding. Um, mm. Nobody wants to fund an identity organization. The only funding we've gotten, God bless them, is LinkedIn. I won a contest yes. where they, they wanted to promote 100 voices, and they graciously, I was one of the ones selected because of Billion Strong. So people are intrigued and interested But also there's others that think are even needed, which I believe, yes, we are needed to come together to with pride, but it's hard to fund an organization as it begins. And then once again, my husband was dying and yeah, we had other activities. So, um, but the good news is regardless of you know, the, we're just starting 96 countries have joined us of organ with organizations of persons with disabilities. Um, we have, so we are going to get all 186 countries. We have thousands of advisors. We have global advisors. We have thousands of disability organizations that said, no, no, we agree. They're coming in. But sadly, I'm going to be honest. You won't see it necessarily a lot on the website. The website is out there, but we have so much more content we need to add, but we ran out of time. I, mm. You know how that goes. Money has stopped us. That's yeah. also okay. We actually are blessed that we now have $2 billion funds talking to us and saying, I agree with you. We agree with you. Your community does need to come together. And one of the things that we're asking is not only do you do you we want you to fund us, okay, fund us doing this, okay, great. But we also would need funding to support our community because one thing I keep seeing is organizations will come up and they'll get money, but it never seems to go back to the community in a meaningful way. And so I'm hoping that we can do things like, um, you know, pay people to help us with social media. And mm-hmm. I, I just think there's so, do contests and have money actually go into the hands of the individuals with disabilities, which I don't see enough of. But we also want to create programs for entre- entrepreneurs with disabilities. And we, but not just in the US, it's got to be in all the countries, right? That's why mm-hmm. we need all of our country partners. We, it, I don't know, something beautiful is happening, but um, I need people to join me. So what we did, Scott, was we have a hashtag called We Are Billion Strong. So it's capital, it's we, A-R-E, and then Billion Strong all scrunched together. But it is a hashtag we're now using for the last just only a couple of weeks. And all day long, Scott, people come to me and ask me for help. You would not believe these stories I get. They, they're heartbreaking. And so now what I'm saying is, all right, I'll help you. 
but you help me too. You go out and start using hashtag we are billion strong to tell your stories, what you're doing, what kind of work are you doing? Who are you as a person with a disability? Oh, you're a parent that you don't have a disability. Well, I don't care. You're still part of our community. Oh, you're a woman that is brown or black and part of the LGBT community and you have disabilities. Woohoo. So all the intersections, it's about pride and who we are, but there's so much happening but many of our voices are not heard. You have to be lucky to get in the right place so that somebody can find you, corpse can find you, you know? So that's what we're trying to do. I'm sorry. That is what we're doing. And the other day, Scott, I was talking to one of the possible funders and I said, I want you to understand that we want you to fund us, but whether you fund us or not, we're not stopping. And then I acted like a woman and I cried a little bit because it's been a hard path, but I don't care. Join us, help us. And if you can't, for whatever reason, that's fine. But don't think you're going to stop us because nobody's going to stop this movie. Well, there, there's something there. First, I want to go over because I've got my show notes here and, and folks, just so listeners are aware, anything we're talking about, if there's a website to it, the link is going to be on the Life's a Road Trip website and anywhere they listen. Is it? www.wearebillionstrong.what No, it's um, it's the, we are billion strong is the hashtag, and the okay. website is www.billion-strong.org. And I hope I'm not confusing people by using that. We also use hashtag billion strong, but right. I. You know, and actually, I went out to see if we are billion strong is also available. Just as a good businesswoman, yeah. It's another one that somebody, they've taken, they're holding them, you know, and it's another way to make money. So they pay $11 for them and then they charge you $7,000. But, you know, it's all about capitalism. But You know, you're talking (laughs) about something that made me think a couple of different times. And I've been an advocate when I'm talking to people, got all over the world now about this. My suggestion is just follow the, the blueprint led by uh, the LGBTQ plus community. They really have done an amazing job. Why not follow it? But then it's making me think about money because with billions strong, I mean, trillions of dollars is the disability community is entering. Why not use that as a strength to try to strong arm uh, Mm -hmm. these companies into supporting? Maybe that's part of what happen- is happening. But I also think, Deborah, that it has something to do, and I'll think back about myself. I mentioned in 2013, I was still in, um, in a bad place with myself emotionally because I wasn't, I didn't want to become part of society because I saw myself as ugly and I didn't want to be out there and, and right. whatever. I think there right. are too many people that are still there. I, I Therefore, they're, va- they're not going to express their voices. So what I think we're both trying to do is, and I'm trying to get in the show a little bit more is let's piss people off enough to maybe start just saying, you know what, doggone it. I deserve a right. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's what we're trying to do. So I think that I was talking to somebody the other day that is a very, very, very amazing man has contributed so much to our community. And he said, and he's in his sixties now. And he said, Deborah, I'm very, very concerned about how much life I have left to fight. And he said, and what I'm starting to feel like, I'm tired of being polite. I'm started, I'm tired uh, of asking nicely. I'm tired of it. I'm okay. just tired of it because you're not listening. And I don't think you understand society. We are going to be included. 
you are going to include us. We are going to, because we are also part of society. And so I think people are starting to get really bad. They're just getting tired of it. Stop it. And in the States, we're suing these corporations that aren't meaningfully including us. Does that work? I don't know. It's just the way we do things. Is it messy? Yep. But does it help the rest of the world? It actually does because we have the ability to hold them accountable. Does it change behaviors? Not like I would like it to, but um, I do honestly believe that these corporations that have signed these pledges do care about this and they do understand their responsibility to society. But also, Scott, if we cannot come out and be discoverable and say, by the way, I appreciate that you joined the Valuable 500. I appreciate that you, because by the way, I would say to the community, whenever you see these really cool commercials, Say and, I, and I'll throw out a, cu- a couple of cool commercials. There's one I love from Dove. So Dove lotions, they feature a, a model who is gorgeous, which we usually expect our models to be beautiful. Um, she um, also happens to be blind. So when she's doing the lotion, she's putting it on her arms and she's like, I love the way it feels on my skin. I love the way it smells. I love the texture. And she's explaining everything we all like too. Mm-hmm. Even though she can't see, she enjoys all of her other senses. So I appreciate Dove for doing that commercial. I appreciate Honey Made Crackers because they did a commercial, simple little commercial, where there was a woman showing a a girl, um, a a young girl, how to make a really healthy snack using, you know, Honey Made Crackers, which by the way are good crackers, right? So they're putting peanut butter on it and some, I think, bananas or apples. As they pull away from this real nice little scene, the woman's in a wheelchair. Wow, I haven't seen that. Right. Oh, there's so Subtle. many. There's so but, many. But then they there's just so many drop things. it. Just boom. Well, they didn't That's say really anything. Cool. They just they don't uh, have to. What did you have to say? There's no. a human interaction happening here. Mm-hmm. And somebody's using a wheelchair as a tool. Woohoo. What right. I love that. There's what there oh, there's so many beautiful, amazing commercials. Not enough. Still not enough. No. We still aren't including people with disabilities as actors and meaningful, blah, blah, blah. But something is shifting. But it's mainly right now shifting in the US and the UK. We're seeing some really cool things out of the EU. Mm-hmm. Australia's doing some cool stuff, but we're not seeing everybody like we should. So this is a global this is a global effort. We need to see more coming out of the Asia countries, but there's innovations coming out of interesting countries too, which is why we need all of us. Mm-hmm. And I'll also say, Scott, I do work globally a lot, even though I live right here in the United States and Virginia. But one thing that I started realizing is, well, when I wanted to create Billion Strong, I reached out to a bunch of my contacts and I said, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And I was getting feedback. Okay. Well, for whatever you do, don't start it in the States. What? I live in the States. What? No, of course we're going to be included. Well, all right. Just start it in the States, but don't include anybody else. Get it right and then include. No, no, no. From the beginning, we are going to include everybody. And like you said, you were so right. The LGBTQIA plus, they have done so much. Now they're not perfect. They are ridiculously big. But do you know what? Uh, something I missed in the subtleness of their movement LGBTQIA, I've memorized it plus. 
I sort of did not understand the reason why they were using so many letters. And the reason why is because those words were used to hurt them. L, lesbian. Oh, we use that to hurt you. Gay. We've turned the word gay into something meaning, mean, mm-hmm. mean-spirited. So that's why they have so many letters is because they're taking back the words that were used to hurt them. We have a lot of words in, in our community that have used to hurt us. Retarded mm-hmm. is a word that I don't like. How about crippled? How about you crip? And Now, how our young people choose to identify for themselves? That's their business. Yay, go for it. But society using words like this to demean us is really not okay with us anymore, right? And so I believe we can learn so much from that community that came together with impossible odds, impossible. And Mm. yet they got marriage equality in the States. Now I realize this political blah, who knows what'll happen, but they, they have come together in a way that I think our community could really learn from. I, I, I totally agree with you there, Scott. Well, look at that organization. I'm going to venture off a little bit. When Obama first came into office, he kept quiet about, and he was not outwardly in support of gay marriage. He became in support of gay marriage as he led towards his second term. Right. So it does have something to do with pressure. It has to be. We're talking about adults. That's how it's dealing with. Um, But also organization. And especially if you're talking about money. Right. uh, That'll get things done. So this is a little bit different from what I'm seeing, uh, the rising up of the disabled community. Uh, And we're both trying to do some stuff. Uh, And maybe, maybe. Oh, one thing I wanted to add is, as a substitute teacher, I'm, I'm in with kids all the time and also coaching soccer. These kids, they understand. I know. They understand. Know. They don't. They're, they, ev- they're being born more evolved than the yes. rest of us. I, I, that is happening. These young, these children being born, the teen. Oh, wow. I think they got, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened, but they get it. They yeah. don't have to be convinced. They're like, what? Well, what do you mean? Why, why wouldn't you include them? Yeah. I, I mean. It's ridiculous where we've gone, but they, I'm, I'm excited about the younger generations. I really am. And our ability, Scott, to really come together and not to, once again, you or I now are at an age where we're supposed to go sit in a rocking chair and just go away. Bullshit. What a shame for society. Yeah. Society needs us. Yeah. We need male teachers teaching our students that have life experiences that they can identify with. I, I, I'll give you an example of somebody that I just found because I'm finding all these lovely souls like you, Scott, that's what I'm calling everybody. Cause we are souls, but he is a man that just wrote an article. Um, and he, he has, um, I don't know the exact name of it, but, um, it's similar to the elephant man syndrome in that you have these oh, tumors that. that grow. Oh, yeah. Very, very, very tough diagnosis. Um, And when he was a little boy, he was very isolated because he looked extremely different. And but so what he would do is he would just go home. He lived in um, the UK. He would go home and he would practice cricket. And I don't know that much about cricket, but I know it's you, you have a paddle and you hit a ball. That's the best I know. Um, But so he would go home and he would just practice it by himself hours and hours and hours and hours. And he got really good at it. So one day he was at school and he was, um, some kids were playing cricket, which he was never invited to no way. 
and um, the ball came over and he picked it up, pulled out his uh, paddle out of his backpack um, and he hit it and they were shocked. He then was on the team and he became the kid that's really, really good at cricket. Cool. And so what happened was society started seeing something different in him other than Mm -hmm. just his tumors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he has all these tumors. I I, I mean, I'm not downplaying it. I'm just saying, but it's his walk. It's his walk. And I don't think we should judge each other's walk. I mean, we don't know why the soul wants to experience what it wants to experience, but, you know, it's sort of beautiful what he's doing with his life. So he decided just a few months ago to write this story. He's an adult now, married, you know, and he wrote this story and it exploded. It exploded, Scott. It got like a million views. He got, I mean, it's like, because I think the world is ready to hear us now. The world is, I think most of the world is tired of the way things are being run. That only a few privileged, yeah. I think we're all tired of it. So I can sit and complain to you, Scott, about all the things that are broken because there's a lot. I can sit and watch the politics play out on the United States TV, or I can say, what can I do to make the world a better place? And that's what I'm doing. And what everybody can do is please join us on We Are Billion Strong, Billion Strong. Um, I believe it's time for our voices. And and we need to change all of society, Scott. Once again, even your experience as a man in his 60s that is so qualified and the kids would benefit so much from you. No, no, we're not going to include you. You're too disabled. You're too... You're too, you know, old. Maybe you're too white, Scott. Maybe you're too whatever. What the heck? Does anybody notice that we're on fire and that we all need help to help put it out and manage and contain it? I tell you, I, 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 uh, there was a little bit something more special this summer. Uh, For the second time in five years, uh, one of my state level teams won a state championship, and part of me inside was really wanting to flip off so many people. Because this is what is still possible. You know, those players don't know me as, oh, he's the handicapped guy. No, it's so much more different. He's the broken guy. Let's just say it. Oh, he's the broken guy. He sucks. Humans are not broken. Right. Humans are not broken. Stop it. We're just different. My God, if you don't care about it yourself, don't, if you care about this topic, you don't care at all. You only care about you and your loved ones. Yeah. Well, guess what? You can be part of our community. And, and then you're going to see it. it. We're not broken. We're not broken. We're humans. So I, obviously I get really passionate about it. But Scott, I think the world needs people like us and the people that listen to your show because they're not listening to your show unless they care about society. Very good point. So Very the reality is more of us care about this stuff. More of us want the world to work better for more people. But by becoming part of Billion Strong, for example, their voice becomes part of so many more, which is what you up to, lady. That's cool. Let's switch gears and let's have some fun. We're going to do a little bit of something. (laughs) The sound of the VW Beetle means it's time to shift gears and we get into what I like to call the road trip roundup. Deborah, this is five questions related to you and your experiences with road trips. Okay. Okay. Not just that life is a road trip, but we all know that life is a road trip, but this is about you. When road tripping, do you tend to do fast food or local diners? 
local diners. So many people say that. Because I like the local food. I want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do the chains. I know what the chains taste like. Yeah, yeah. But the the key part is: do we have the time? But then trying to find the time so you can enjoy life more and with the local. Okay, got it. Yep. Yeah. All right. What's your dream car for road trip, Deborah? It could be something you grew up with. The parents had something you you've had, or even heck, you're going on a cool road trip. It's time to rent something you want to do. So what's, what is that dream car you'd like for a road trip? To be honest, I had my first car. It's funny how I got it. But anyway, I had a brand new convertible MG midget. (gasps) And I know it was so wonderful. It was in 1977. It was really a piece of crap car, but I don't care. It was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) It was so cute. Piece of crap. The midget was. I grew up wanting to always want an MGB. Right. This was the midget, Midgets, and it was yep. so small, and I was still in high school, and sometimes the football players would pick my car up and put it between two poles. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. That's how small yeah. it was, but I loved it, and it was not practical, but when you're 18 years old, tooling around, you're oh cute my God. and young, and you, you don't bet. know. You bet. Oh, my <laughs> God. Do you, happen to remember, do you happen to remember what color it was? I remember there were specific colors. What was it? Burgundy. It was burgundy. That was a cool one. That was a rare That's- color. I know. Burgundy. And Orange was typical. I remember. Right. Green. Okay. Right. British right. racing it's green. A lot of green ones. And the MGBs have lasted. You rarely see the midgets. They. Yeah. Yeah. In se- yeah. 72 midgets were a really good year. And then after that, they sort of they started using cheaper products. Yeah. They went with the plastic bumpers and everything. All right. We're yeah. not doing a car show. Okay. All right. All right. Last <laughs> cassette or CD that played while you're on a road trip? Um, Queen. Really? Oh, my daughter and I love Queen. <laughs> wow. We love Queen. We love that. That they're such talented musicians. Yes. And it's so sometimes their music's so different. Yes. Bicycle, bicycle. I love the bicycle one. Bing, 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 bing. That was just where the heck did they come? People need to watch the movie on Freddie Mercury. Oh, it, he's extremely cool. well acted. So well written. Right. So well done. And he was excluded a lot of his life because he had. He just loved the wrong, you know, sex. Yeah. So, There's the right. Dumb, dumb humans again. I, I don't know why love is bad, but apparently, yeah, we only have okay. love. That's okay. Yeah. So, sorry. Oh, oh God. Okay. <laughs> All right. Straight up. Coke or Pepsi? I don't do soda. Will you um, do tea? To be honest, if it when the very little when I do soda, I would have to go with Coke. I really okay. do like the Coke, but I, um, yeah. <laughs> do you do you get into you know like for a cold drink if you're out tooling around and and you know uh you're thirsty would you grab like uh, an iced tea a cold iced tea do you or, know what i don't know i'm so weird scott but i love water i just, just love water. water i'm one of those weird people that love water but when i was a little girl i wouldn't drink sodas thank goodness because I didn't like the carbonation. I didn't like the way it oh, up your my nose. nose and stuff. Okay. And so I actually always drink water. Um, and I know that's wonderful and weird. Um, um, but I love the clean. I don't think anything quenches your thirst like water. True. So why did I know why, it's weird though? <laughs> but but then it comes to the problem with the plastics. Let's not go there. Oh gosh. Oh, God, I hate why the heck can't we solve these problems, people? Because other people have solved them. For example, you yeah. cannot have single serving um, plastic in the UN. So they've solved it. Countries have solved it. Other countries have solved this. Hmm. 
So we just don't have the will to do it. We know how to do it. That's right. We do know how to do this. We just choose not to do it. And we choose to let them put. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Then we can start. Then we can get discouraged because uh-huh. there's so let's many not problems. Do that again. You, nope. Let's not dis- get discouraged. What can you do to help? That, I think that's what we should think every day. Everybody How should always be help? doing that. And little way, Scott, yeah. smile at somebody when you go into the grocery Good store. Point. Put down your phone and talk to the humans. Mm-hmm. I like I like uh, tripping up kids, not literally tripping them up, uh, but it kind of does. Walking down the hall and you're going to be crossing past a kid. I said, "Hey, good morning," and Huh? Yeah. Good morning. Anything <laughs> like that. Just to do something different. Okay. Final one. You take this wherever you want, Deborah. What's your favorite road trip memory? Um, probably, um, I shouldn't do this one. Um, when um, <clears throat> I was so blessed to get to spend 41 years with my husband, cool. what a blessing. And, uh, when his mother passed, she had left us just a little bit of money. And he said, and I'm so glad he said this, Let's not use it on bills. Let's go to the Grand Canyon. And so probably my favorite memory that I think about recently is when we were in the helicopter in the, um, there in the Grand Canyon and it drops all of a sudden, which I was not expecting. Um, and I just, I think of that, you know, because I miss him, but also because, you know, sometimes we all forget to do that. It's like, oh, we're not going to take a trip. We got to work. We got, you know, and so I I think of that a little bit more often than I should, because I think I probably should do that more than I have, but you know. Well, maybe it got you thinking a little bit, Deborah. I know. You know, you work your ass off. Why not do something? Or at least hear you, because I'm sure you go a lot of different places as a business way. Maybe next time do something a little off the cuff. Right. That that's Rick Steves realized. I've committed that to myself because I travel so much, but since the pandemic, I have not been traveling as much. And of course, my husband was walking that really difficult path. Um, But now I am actually being a little bit more selective where I go because people want to ask you to go, but it might be that they don't really need me to go. They Mm. should see somebody else in the community that doesn't have to identify as having a disability. I think that's also something that elders should be doing. We should actually be giving up our places at the table when it makes sense to encourage the other young, the younger generation to be able to come in and be heard. And, Mm. um, so I'm actually not being as available as I used to be to certain ones, because I think they should speak to other members of the community. Um, which is also an interesting place to do, to go as well. Right. Because as elders, we should be thinking about legacy and who else should we be included in these conversations? And, and I don't see as much legacy building in our community, Scott, as I'd like, as I think we should have. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's end it there. I, I, I want us to stay on for a moment after we, you know, say goodbye, but I'll just say to our audience, challenge relax everybody and keep listening to life's a road trip. Thanks for listening. Check out previous episodes with new ones dropping each Tuesday. If you don't see a synopsis of this show where you're listening, visit our website at lifesaroadtrip.podbean.com for more information on this week's guest. This is your host, Scott Martin, reminding you that life's a road trip.